Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. This is John Sigley here with Don Callahan for our usual Monday football recruiting pod. Don, uh, how is it down there in the metropolis of Spartanburg, South Carolina, man? It's good. I mean, I'm not going to say it's warm, but it's a lot <laughs> warmer than what I anticipated. It always seems like, you know, right before it's Shramble week, the weather just completely just drops. And I've learned from my mistakes in the past that I need to make sure that I pack warmly to kind of compensate. But but today was pretty nice. Tomorrow's supposed to be the same. So I'm enjoying it. And, and it's actually is a milestone for, for you and I. This is the first on-location podcast that we're doing. You know, normally we're doing podcast from our respective homes but i'm actually in spartanburg on the road so the next step is that that we'll just do one of these live you know we'll just that's called a radio show i know right we should just do one get buck on here and the three of us can just just do one live yes that sounds good that <laughs> sounds good but yeah man well we're talking about cold weather you were in the driven snow when you covered the north carolina state four double a championship game between Mallard Creek and Wake Forest High School. So I want to talk with you about that one to start with. It sounds as if the two Carolina commits, Devin Lawrence and Javon Terry, had some games. So tell me about how those two guys looked at the game. Well, they both left with awards. You know, Devin was named the MVP of the entire game. They actually give out five awards. They give out the, the overall MVP for the game. And then they give out an offensive, I think they call it out, offensive outstanding player for both the East team and the West team and, the, and a defensive outstanding player for the East and West team. And Javon Terry actually took home the defensive player for the East team. So yeah, Devin really, I mean, it was actually that that game itself was, you know, if you like a defensive battle, it was, it was definitely that. It was 0-0 until a little over five minutes left in the game. And even before that, and, uh, you know, facing a very tough defense, Devin just kept on just kind of chugging away, chugging away. The one thing I really admired is, you know, a lot of people look at him and, and they say, OK, he's not a guy who can be a workhorse. But he definitely was a workhorse on Saturday night. And, you know, he had some rushes where he was tackled behind the line or stuffed at the line of scrimmage. And then you know, he just kept with it and would rip off an 18 yard run here or there. And then he also had a situation where he went down and judging from his reaction, it looked pretty serious. You know, he was holding his leg and left the field. But two plays later, he's back out there. When I spoke to him after the game, he said that the, the adrenaline had just kind of kicked in and it was cold. So he didn't feel anything. And he's like, this is my last high school football game. At that point, it was still 0-0. So he had to get in there. Um, he actually, he, he did score a touchdown. He scored the third touchdown. Wake Forest ended up scoring three touchdowns in the last five minutes. His touchdown, I mean, uh, and the whole scheme of things was kind of meaningless because Wake Forest had a commanding lead at that point, give, considering the time. But he definitely deserved that just based on what, what he did throughout the in, entire game. And with Terry, he had a couple of big pass breakups. And then he actually had the interception that set up Devin touchdown. So that was that was pretty big. But yeah, I mean, they both showed out against a very good Mallard Creek team that actually beat them twice, I think it was a few years ago, in the state championship, twice in a row. So that was a pretty big win for those guys, and, and now they're both e eager to start their UNC careers 
Javon's actually supposed to be joining me in Spartanburg, but as of Monday night, actually as of Monday afternoon, he hadn't reported yet. So I'm eager to kind of see him out in, in you know in the Shrine Bowl practices and see what he can do against some really good competition because there's there's some really good wide receivers here in, in Spartanburg. Well, Javon is never one to shy away from a challenge, so hopefully he does show up because yeah, y- you know that he will be taking on whoever the number one wide receiver is on the opposite side. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I hope he does because I, I like to kind of see these things because you know to be honest. As far as the Shrine Bowl is concerned, you get a lot more from the practices because they do one-on-ones and, and there's tons of reps. During the Shrine Bowl, there, there are times where you know a, a kid that you really want to see might only get a few reps, but during the week, you definitely get to see them. And, and the practices are, are long. They're about two hours, twice a day. So there's, there's a lot you can gain from Shrine Bowl week. Well, we'll get to the Shrine Bowl in just a second as well. I did just want to say that when Devin went down holding his knee, I had a moment of of panic, honestly, (laughs) because I thought that it was something serious. But it sounds as if from what you observed and then obviously talking to him after the game, basically that was just a stinger. Last I heard, I, I didn't really have an update. And I know that he was limping after the game. Now, he he obviously went and played a quarter and a half after the injury, but I think anybody in his situation where you're playing a state championship game, it's deadlocked at zero. This is a chance to end your, your high school career with a, with another state championship. It's a chance to beat a team that beat your team twice in the state championship. So you're going to, I mean, if you can run on it, you're going back out there it was scary because when he fell down, he was grabbing his knee and I mean, you can kind of tell, you know, or I guess obviously I couldn't, but you know, usually, you know, a guy kind of gets up and just kind of walks it off sort of thing. He didn't do that initially. He was down for a while and he was clutching his knee and, and you can kind of see the, the agony. They helped him get off and onto the sideline. He actually ran up and down the sideline a couple of times and then stood next to his coach. And next thing you know, the coach is throwing him back in there. So, but it just shows just what the type of player he is. And, and that sort of, mentality is only going to carry through into his his college career now is devin in spartanburg for the shrine bowl was he one of the invitees for north carolina no and i don't know if this is the reason but there is a rule where you can only pick two players per high school and initially the north carolina shrine bowl squad had selected javon terry obviously as a teammate and then john giles who is a really, really good player for Wake Forest, but apparently he doesn't have very good grades. I don't know for certain, but I believe he's committed to Marshall. But I mean, he I mean, he's a really good player on both sides of the ball for, for Wake Forest. But he actually pulled out and has already been replaced. I'm talking about Giles. So he pulled out probably about a week or so ago. But as I said, as of Monday afternoon, Javon Terry was still expected to show up at some point. And he's not the only player who hasn't showed up yet who's supposed to who played in the state championship there's a pair of parting players who played in the state championship actually after the wake forest mallow creek game who still have yet to show up and that's javon Gwynn, who unc recruited for a little bit and now is considering south carolina and, and i think nc state and then malik dunlap is committed to nc state is the half brother of kovach and he's also a cousin of former unc defenseman marlon dunlap but anyway, so obviously, I get a situation where those guys are kind of 
dealing with logistics after playing a, a state championship game on Saturday. And then we'll go ahead and start talking about the Shrine Bowl then, Don. You've been there since Sunday. So what have you observed so far from some of the kids that Carolina has either received commitments from or is still actively recruiting? Well, obviously, the, the, my main focus has been the wide receiver group because you can see two commitments in the wide receiver group, Jordan Adams and De'Ami Brown. Both have looked really good. They have them playing a slot position in the offense because they are, you know, as I mentioned earlier, North Carolina's, I'm talking about the Strimble, North Carolina, their wide receiver group is probably the best that I can think of. Maybe I'm forgetting about a year, but they have six wide receivers. All six of them are committed to Power 5 schools. So it's it's a very impressive group. They have three guys who are about 6'3 or taller, so they're playing the outside receiver roles, whereas Jordan and Diami are playing the slot. But they're going to have a lot of different packages in there that, that the goal is to get the ball into both of those guys' hands. They also are handling punts and kick returns. So I would definitely, if you're a UNC fan, definitely make sure that you watch the, the Shrine Bowl I believe it's on ESPN3 again this year or attend it live because I fully expect me and, and Jordan to be big parts of the of the uh, the game. The other guys, uh, well, North Carolina's newest verbal commitment, Javante Williams, he also played in a state championship on Saturday, took a visit to UNC on Sunday where he actually committed. And I'm sure you and I will get to that uh, later on in the podcast. But so he actually arrived late. He missed the physical exam. And in a couple of other things, when he arrived, that I think they, what they told me was he was going, he had to wait until Monday evening to have his medical exam, and you need to have that, you need to pass that in order to start practicing. And the, and the goal was to get him on the field on Tuesday. So I haven't been able to watch Javante play yet, practice yet. You also have Dax Holyfield, four-star linebacker from Shelby, North Carolina. He's out here as expected. I mean, he's he's going to end up being the quarterback of the defense. He's making a lot of the calls. You know, uh, I mean, he's all over the field. Obviously, you know, with a practice like this, where it's, it was essentially, well, it is, it's, it's an all-star game. You don't want anybody to be hurt during the week. So there's not a whole lot of hitting. It's a lot of, you know, kind of touch football with pads on and helmets and everything. So you don't get to see a lot of his game in these sort of situations. But you can just see him running all over the field and, and providing a lot of energy for the defense. The other guy is Rick Sandage, who, you know, South Carolina is still the leader. He's a defensive lineman from Concord, North Carolina. South Carolina, I, I believe, is still the leader. But North Carolina has made some progress and, you know, for probably the last few months has tried to push him to take an official visit. And finally, they've been successful and he's going to officially visit North Carolina in January. I have really good updates on both Sandage and Holyfield from the past few days in my notebook. And then also I ran a story on on Dax on Monday and a story on Sandage on Tuesday. So I urge everybody to look at those. Dax had some really, really good quotes that are very positive for UNC, kind of expressing where he's at with his recruitment, explaining a couple of things that people had questions about, you know, his relationship with Peyton Wilson and just basically how his recruitment has changed and shifted and everything the past few months. Obviously, we'll, you know, I have a report that, that kind of touches on Sandage's situation, what schools are still involved, what's North Carolina's chances and that sort of thing. Yeah, the comments that Dax gave, I thought were interesting. I mean, 
personally, I still think Carolina is running third behind Stanford and Virginia Tech, but he's certainly making it seem as if Carolina is not out of the race, which, I mean, is really all you can ask for at this point. Yeah, you know, I I kind of feel like, I feel like North Carolina's ahead of at least Virginia Tech, to be honest. Hmm. I, I think, just based off what he said now, you and I have talked about this before, he his feelings change like the wind usually it's <laughs> every day <laughs> well and it's usually it's whatever whatever happens most recently whatever visit whatever coach he talked to whatever whatever happened most recently that's where he he's kind of his head's kind of at although he's starting to kind of narrow things down and things are starting to become a little bit more solidified which it's kind of weird to say because we're in december but that's is just that, how dax is is he that? an early enrollee he is not. He won't even sign until February. Okay. So there's plenty of time with, with him. Now he's going to probably decide. He doesn't plan on deciding on signing day, but he plans to decide. You know, pretty close to signing day. You know, to the latter portion of of January. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and take our first commercial break here. But when we get back, I have a couple more Shrine Bowl related questions, and then one to talk about the three commits that Carolina has gotten over the past week, week and a half. So stay tuned for that, and we'll return after this. And we're back. Jonathan Siegley here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. Don, when we left off before the break, we were talking about the Shrine Bowl. And you talked about the wide receiver group, and just from reading between the lines, it sounds as if the North Carolina squad could have a pretty strong defensive side as well. When looking at the talent level overall, though, do you think that this is an up year, down year, or just kind of one of the, you know, average, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Well, the thing about the Shrine Bowl is is that North Carolina, the state of North Carolina, always has the potential to have a really good year. It's just a matter of do the top players want to play in the Shrine Bowl? And that's that's the, the situation that they deal with every single year. If you look at Zamir White wasn't selected, and people think that that was some sort of snub, but in actuality, he didn't want to, he didn't want to, play in the Shrine Bowl. And there's other guys who do that. You know, UNC commit Avery Jones originally wanted to play in the Shrine Bowl and was selected to play in the Shrine Bowl. But I guess it was a few weeks ago, he decided he didn't want to. He's, you know, had like had a really good chance to play in the state championship. Didn't want to kind of, you know, really wear himself out. Wanted to kind of take a break before his college career started. So anyway, so, so to answer your question, even though it, it's crazy to say this when you have a guy like Zamir White who wouldn't have been able to play in it anyway because of his injury. and then also. Peyton Wilson, who I hesitate to bring him up because I don't want John to uh, to bust a gasket, but <laughs> he's not playing in it because of towards ACL. But considering those guys not playing in it, it's it's a really really good team for North Carolina. You know, I mentioned the wide receivers; they have they have a solid group of offensive linemen. You know, Ricky Person, NC State commit at running back, is a really good player. The quarterbacks are solid. You know they're good enough to really take advantage of the receivers. The defense is really good. You know you have KJ Henry, who North Carolina offered. He's a five-star kid, but never really kind of um, other than some some courtesy visits, didn't really consider North Carolina very much. He's a national recruit. He is actually playing. The defense is required to play what is called a fifty defense, which is essentially kind of like a fourth. Uh, I'm sorry, a three-four. You know is the best way to kind of put it. You know, but the reason why they ha- they have the fifty is that you're not allowed to blitz. But the two mm-hmm. outside linebackers, which are essentially stand up defensive ends, 
they're considered defensive linemen underneath the rule book. So they can actually rush the passer or, or drop back depending on what you want to call. So when they rush the passer, that's not considered a blitz because they're technically considered a defensive lineman. So you have KJ Henry on the defense and he's playing the weak side linebacker slash stand-up defensive end. So he's going to have a lot of opportunity to quote unquote rush the quarterback. And he'll, he also, has, you know, even though he's being recruited as a defensive end, I mean, he's such a great athlete that, that he was actually dropping back into coverage a ton in practice on Monday. You have uh, Dax, we talked about, who is, you know, the prototypical Mike linebacker. You have Javon Ratliff, who's the other inside linebacker, who's a really good high school inside linebacker. Uh, you have Alan Tisdale, who's the other outside linebacker opposite of KJ Henry. He's a, he's a Virginia Tech commit. The secondary has, well, hopefully we'll have Javon Terry. It has DJ Crossan, who was a former UNC commit is now committed to Virginia Tech. So, I mean, there's a lot of talent for North Carolina. Now, South Carolina has a ton of talent, and I'm going to be completely honest. I went over and looked at South Carolina practice a couple of times just to look at a receiver that UNC is kind of sort of considering but has not offered. But, you know, they have a ton of really good players over there. Darian Kendrick, one of the most dynamic players in the nation, to be honest. They have a lot of other really good players there. So, I mean, it's going to be a good game. But but uh, really, North Carolina, the Shrine Bowl team is, is very, very, very talented. And they, they definitely have all the tools necessary to win on Saturday. I'm glad that you brought up the time and, and the date, because yeah, I was going to say, for those who might be interested, the game does kick off this Saturday, the 16th, 2 p.m. So I would definitely encourage all Carolina fans to tune in. Definitely going to see some future heels on the field. And yeah, I I think you are right, Don. I think it is going to be on ESPN3 this year. I think I remember reading that somewhere. And to then go to the final part of our podcast, wanted to talk about the commits that Carolina has pulled in. The first one, I think, if you go just by time frame, was Jalil Taylor. I think he committed early last week. What what day was it again, Don? That Jalil Taylor actually. Can I can I hit the pause button real quick? All right. So I want to I want to kind of go a little off script here, and I want to uh-huh. put you on the spot if I can. Okay. All right. So I was trying to think of a cool game that you and I can play, maybe to kind of spice things up on the podcast. And the one thing I thought about was North Carolina, well, they potentially could have one more spot. They're, they're recruiting for one more spot at running back, one more running back spot. So I thought what would be a, a, an interesting game is that by the time that you and I meet back for the next podcast, and that that be about a week, you go through and you watch film on the all the running backs that North Carolina has offered, including the commits. And you rank those, I think it's I think it's like a half a dozen guys. Devin Lawrence, Javon Williams, who obviously are committed. Then you have Letty Brown, Destin Coates, Michael Salahuddin, and Cavassier Smoke. And then you rank them. I'll do the same thing. And then we compare our, our rankings. What do you think about that? Yeah, I like it. Let's do it. Okay. And then we can, you know, and what we could do is if anyone who's listening wants to kind of contribute their their rankings do this kind of same thing and then maybe we can kind of compare and contrast my rankings your rankings and maybe some of the listeners get a little bit of i guess interaction with everybody yeah we can definitely get maybe you know if people want to put it in the ask dawn thread that's on the message board or you know just send us direct messages well, yeah well how about this instead of 
put on the ask Don thread, which, I mean, you can use that if you have a question, but why don't you just tweet at me? It's at Don Callahan IC, one through six, those guys, just in order, you know, no one's going to hold you accountable for it. This is just a, a fun game to play. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We'll do that then in time for next. Well, we record on Mondays and these we air on Tuesday, so we'll do it before we, we record next Monday. But yeah, I look forward to it, man. I guess then going back, though, to the question is talking about the commits. I think I was starting with Jalil Taylor. He, you want me to give you the timeline real quick of which guys committed? And then you yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So Tuesday night, last Tuesday night, Kyle Wright committed. That was actually the night of our, we ran our podcast that day. He committed on a local TV station. Thursday night, Cade Fortin committed during his 24-hour official visit. Saturday night, Jaleel Taylor during his UNC official visit. And I think, didn't we talk before about how usually a, a an official visitor commits during their meeting with, with Coach, Coach Fedora? Yep. Yes. So, so this was the exception. Now, Javante Williams actually proved it correctly on Sunday. He he committed during his his uh, meeting with Coach Fedora on on Sunday night. So so yes. So we have right on Tuesday. Cade Fortin on Thursday, Julio Taylor on Saturday, and then Javante Williams on Sunday. We'll go ahead and wrap things up then, Don. I appreciate you being able to do the podcast on the road, and I will be looking at those running back commits and the prospects. Yes, do your homework. <laughs> I know, giving me work to do it in the offseason. That's right. But we will meet back up next week for our usual podcast. And until then, hope everyone has a good weekend and hopefully everyone enjoys the Shrine Bowl. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.